We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Welcome. Hello. Hello. To... <laughs> Whining oh, with, with nurses. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't get it. Listen, you found us. You're at the right place. It's fine. We're nurses. <laughs> we are. Mm-hmm. We're RNs and we're BSNs, which is Bachelors of Science and Nursing, just so you know. And we're about to open some wine in wine. And talk about nursing or actually today we're going to be talking about home remedies mm-hmm. for common ailments. I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this because I feel like you probably are doing home remedies all the time. You know, you've got your plant-based eating and you like, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about certain home <laughs> remedies that you use. And so I'm just curious because I'm into it and I want to know like what I'm not doing yet. Well, I don't know if what I'm doing is like successful, but... I try to avoid like conventional medicine if possible. So, and I feel like it's better for our bodies, like, because there's not the really side effect part unless you go way overboard and home remedy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That is exactly what I'm after. Oh, yeah. I, I try to something. avoid the medication and the doctor as much as possible, too. So, if there's something I can do at home, um, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I don't want to go to the doctor. And I've like either looked up stuff or kind of randomly had an idea and tried it based off of science knowledge. <laughs> and it's sometimes worked and sometimes I'm like, is it pseudo, not pseudoscience, but like um, If you can placebo. imagine it, it's true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like anyway, we'll get into this, but let's first talk about the wine you brought. Because it looks delicious. I brought something called Black Slate. It's 2015 Porrera, Porrera, Vida Villa. Listen, when wines come from other countries, I don't know what is the name of the wine and I don't know what's the name of the winery <laughs> and what's the name of the vineyard or the region. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of words on this bottle and I don't know. It's that Those are all the things it says. I don't know if anyone else will know either. So it's fine. <laughs> Somebody does, I bet. So sorry if I'm effing it up, but I'm going to go ahead and open it. Hopefully a Kareem isn't listening. But like, well, it's obviously the first word is always the name of it. And then the second word is the winery. But... Woo-hoo. That was a good pop. pop. Thank you. Is it a pop? Pop it like it's hot. Pop, pop it Porrera like it's hot. V de la Villa. Villa. Oh, it's Villa. Mm-hmm. Por, por, L, no E. Poriorat, D-O-O. D-O-Q? I'm blind. Black slate. Huh, that looks cool. Looks like there's slate on the front of it, and it's probably black slate. I don't know much about rocks. <laughs> 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 Okay, I'm going to stick to what I do know. Geologists, help <laughs> yeah. us out here. My mom would cry. She's not a geologist, she's an archaeologist. I feel like she probably knows some stuff about that. Probably, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, this kind of looks... Ooh, is, it smells like a Zinfandel. Uh, oh, that smells so good. Yeah, it smells really jammy and um, like dark fruits that have been stewing for a long time. And it smells really sweet. Mm-hmm. And it looks like bubbly grape juice. <laughs> so, but it's not um, carbonated. It's just because I was pouring at a quick rate. <laughs> yeah, which I love. I love that rate of pouring. It reminds me of in movies. I always think, is that real wine or is that grape juice? Whoa. Is it jammy? 
It's not, okay. It's not bad. I think it needs to aerate a little bit. Whoa, that's like cinnamon, like really to me cinnamony. It's kind of rough around the edges. It kind of punches you on the tongue. Like um, candy and yes, I get the cinnamon too. Like the tannic puckery, it dries your mouth out a little bit. I'm going to just let this swirl for a little bit. Yeah. And then I'm going to taste it in a few minutes. Takeshi loves it. He's uh, (laughs) a... I actually really, I actually (laughs) like it. I I like the really, I I, I really like it. I think it tastes good. Fruity, very fruity, kind of the dry, but Mm -hmm. I like it. And I think think it's good. Going to, yeah. but it just needs to. It needs to chill a little chill. bit. Should we like stir it, like Kareem yeah. said, or not? Swirl, stir. swirl, 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 swirl. Um, so I have a wine of the month club thing to whine about. Okay, this is something I've already um, told you about, but I haven't talked about it on the podcast. It's about codes. They're awful when you have to code someone. You know, oh. do CPR. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's the worst. So a couple have happened at our work recently. Can you talk about the different codes, like a code blue, a code other colors? Code brown, that's poop. Yeah. Um, pink, I know. <laughs> isn't pink or gray, or gray's like a violent person. Pink is like a child missing. Yeah, and it depends on the hospital because some, some places have like, Code green is a person being violent, and some people have code Adam is some person being violent. Weird. I don't know why they picked someone to name it after, but um, yeah, sometimes there's a code pink, and that means someone stole a baby from the nursery, or they're oh. you know suspecting it, or um, I don't even know what other codes Red? there are. Fire, is that just always fire. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, the Excuse one me. you probably deal with the most though is code blue, right? Like yeah. no, no breathing. That's the one that I think sucks. I mean, not that any code is good, but the one that, that I am referring to now is someone either goes into cardiac arrest or pulmonary arrest. So they're not breathing or their heart's not beating. Something bad's happening. And um, you go and do CPR and advanced life support. Yeah, so when uh, you know when you're doing CPR and advanced cardiac life support or just advanced life support, that's what I'm talking about. And the thing that I think is the most horrible about it is chest compressions. Mm. Oh my God. So I've been a nurse for almost 11 years now and I've never given chest compressions until this week and now I've done it twice. Oh really? I Yeah, I never. didn't know that. Which is surprising, Mm. right? I mean, I've worked as a cardiac nurse for most of my career, so you'd think it would come up. I remember one other code that I participated in once, and I just maintained the airway until the respiratory team got there, so I was just holding someone's head to keep their airway open. Were you giving them oxygen, like with a bag? No, he was actually still breathing, so nobody needed to oxygenate. I was just making sure his, you know, airway was open. Uh Um, So this week there was a patient who um, we ended up doing um, ACLS, which is Advanced Cardiac Life Support. It's basically like CPR plus meds and anything else we can do, like intubating somebody if we need to. Or Um, shocking, right? Shocking, yeah. yeah. Um, So. It went on for quite a while and we ended up rotating a bunch of people through to do chest compressions because, you know, you can't do effective chest compressions for 40 minutes. You got to switch it out every couple minutes and that is real. I've heard this before in ACLS that, yeah, you get tired after a couple minutes, it's hard work. And I just, 
always remember thinking, is it that hard of work? You know, Mm. I mean, I get it for an average person who doesn't really do much physical activity, but I'm big and strong. And so I could probably do it for a long time. (laughs) I'm actually not very big at all, (laughs) but I do exercise a lot. So I guess I imagined that I would be able to do it for a long time. No, it's like two minutes and you're done. And then the next time I did it, it was even less than that amount of time and I was exhausted. But The real thing that bothered me was the chest. So we learn in CPR classes that if you're going to do effective chest compressions, you have to push deep and fast and hard. And usually that means you end up breaking a rib or two or a bunch. And by the time I got to this patient, there were a bunch of ribs broken and one side of his chest was just kind of like... uh, Like there was no rib cage there anymore. Mm. It was just gross. Was Um, it just like um, sunken in on Mm -hmm. one side because the bones were all broken. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the one side of the chest still had a visible, you know, structure and then the other side, it was just kind of like, not jello, but it was just mushy, you know? And um, that sounds bizarre because we're used to looking at a person and knowing kind of the anatomy of what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And okay, here it kind of sticks out more because we have ribs and then it sinks in a little because there's no ribs and there's our stomach and intestines. And then I cut, you know, and seeing something like someone's elbow that's facing the wrong direction. It's just like a weird, eerie thing to look at because it's not right. The bone deformity. It's like, yeah, it's freaky. And um, so, and also it was hard to figure out where even the right place to put your hands was because usually we have, you know, markers on the body that are your bones Mm. to figure out where to put your hands. And when some of those bones are crushed or, you know, broken, it's hard to figure out where, where's the right spot to go. Um, And on the second time that I participated in a code, I was one of the first people giving compressions and I broke the ribs and that was just, ugh, I, I felt like, horrible for doing it, but also good for doing it because you're supposed to, if you're going to push hard, you know, you've right. got to break the bones sometimes. And anyway. So on the one that had the bones already broken, how, like how many people were rotating doing compressions? Probably six of us ended up rotating through, uh, there might've even been more, mm-hmm. you know, it first started out as a couple people. And then as the, the code went on longer and we realized we were going to be doing more than a few rounds of compressions, they just kept, you know, mm-hmm. calling. And there were fortunately a lot of staff members around um, to help. So it was good. We just rotated people through. Man, sorry you had to experience that. <sighs> me too. Oh, it's awful. And it just made me think about anyone who survives CPR, there's a long road ahead of you for recovery. Yeah, You've I got, hope- you know, to first regain your cardio you know, cardiovascular function and your respiratory function. And then you've got all these Mm. injuries to deal with and probably a lung puncture or something else that happened, you know? Well, I can't imagine not having a lung puncture. Also, can the heart muscles be damaged? Because you're like, normally it's just pumping intrinsically. So like it's pumping itself, but we're pumping it for you. So like any muscle, if you're pushing on it, you know, externally, is that causing any, I've never thought of that before. You know, that's a good question. And I was 
was kind of wondering about that this week too, but I didn't research it, so I should. Maybe I'll do that and talk about it on the next time. But yeah, mm. I wonder if you can get a cardiac tamponade, which is, mm. you know, when the there's a space around your heart and then there's a sac that's around that. So fluid can get into that space. And if too much fluid gets in there and doesn't have a way out, then it presses on your heart. Your heart can't, you know, expand and contract like it normally would. And that's called a tamponade. Mm. Um I wonder the percentage of people that come back after uh, being resuscitated, if it's, you know, less than 50% end up returning to life and then living for a while after that. Or, you know, I know we can bring people back briefly, but then sometimes they don't stay very long or yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, it worked and I was resuscitated and I lived many years after that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious of the statistics. I am too. But you know what? It's... um, it's there's some event that happens in Sonoma County every year and I went to it last year and I can't remember what it's called but they actually have stories of patients who not all of them had CPR but a lot of them had you know a heart attack or a stroke or something really bad but a lot of them also had CPR and here they are to live to tell about it and they're you know functioning and hmm? you've had, had CPR had time out everyone Takeshi has Whoa. had CPR performed on him yeah. can you get a mic and tell us why uh-huh. I mean, yeah, um, I, it was when I was in middle school and um, we were running the track and I was running too hard and I wasn't able to breathe afterwards because I have asthma and stuff and uh, I could tell that there was something wrong and I guess I turned blue and the teacher had to perform CPR on me. Wow. And I, I just woke up in the ambulance and yeah still here <laughs> oh my god do you know if your heart stopped or was it mostly a respiratory it was thing mostly or? respiratory okay yeah yeah but i mean i would totally be dead right now if it wasn't yeah totally that. and uh yeah totally <laughs> that 20 some odd years ago now damn somebody we know i'm glad you're here yeah. still takeshi that's you crazy to tell about it at least you didn't need compressions that's good that your heart was Okay. Oh, you think he did compressions? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Hmm. Dang. That's insane. See, survivor right here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers <Okay>. to that. <laughs> you turned around my whining a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Good positive story. Man. Um, geez, I have so many questions. We, I bet we could do kind of a, a full episode on codes and ACLS. Codes are the tra- traumas of nursing. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that though. Sure. Did your patients make it? Um, no. One did, one didn't. Oh. And the one who did, I don't think uh, lived very long after they were resuscitated. So Yeah. But you guys did everything you could, we which is all you can do. We did everything. We tried so hard. Everybody tried so hard. And I got to say, the team I was with, like, I am very impressed. And it felt good to be with a team of people who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And anyway. That's definitely the type of team you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> team who knows. Imagine everyone's like, I don't know. What do you, um, what do you, is it like, ha, 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 staying alive? Like, are we supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Desi was one of the first people to give compressions on one of the patients. And I remember thinking, damn, like, I don't ever want her to do compressions on me because I might live to see another day and have to, like, recover from this stuff. Like, so you guys were in the same code? Uh-huh. She, she oh. was, you know, 
Giving compressions like a beast. Dang. Well, she's probably, she's worked there a lot longer though. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 She's been there a couple of years. So. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. Well. But still, I've been a nurse for 11 years. I know. That's kind of and funny that you wouldn't humans. have, and she's been two years yeah. a nurse. Yeah. It's weird. Dang. Ooh. That's scary. Well, anyway, on to lighter topics. Yeah, let's talk about happy things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so home remedies. You actually proposed us talking about this and it's really fun and I'm excited. And I want you to share your first, like, are you sharing them like symptom and then what you do or like, I don't know, just go, just pick something. I kind of have them broken into categories of like a thing I use and then what okay. many things I use it for. Okay. And the first one, I feel like I don't want to steal your thunder because I, this is something that I got from you, which is one of the oh. reasons I was excited to talk about No, this. you're never stealing my thunder, go. Okay, coconut oil. Uh-huh. Oh my God, you're right. It's good for so many things. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <So>. it is. <laughs> coconut oil, the first thing uh, I've mentioned this many times, um, and this isn't really a remedy per se, but um, deodorant. I make deodorant with coconut oil and shea butter and you can get both of those at the store or online. And I just want to tell you guys my recipe for it just in case anybody wants to make their own. Yes, they do. Okay. So you take three tablespoons of coconut oil, two tablespoons of shea butter, and then you do a double boiler, which basically just means you don't directly heat them up in a pot, but you put them in some something else like I put mine in a glass measuring cup and put that in a pot of boiling water it's like if you've ever tempered chocolate or I think melted chocolate you put it in like a bowl inside of a bowl of or inside of a pot of boiling water and you melt the chocolate without obviously dipping the chocolate in the water so it's the same principle so you don't put it on the direct heat it's like steam heat or whatever Mm. um so you melt that and then you take it off of the heat and then you add in three tablespoons of baking soda and two tablespoons of cornstarch or arrowroot, which I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I'm not trying to go get a bunch of extra ingredients. So I just used cornstarch. Um, It works perfectly well. Um, You mix it up. And if you want to, you can add some essential oil. Um, Do you? Yeah, I like to. Actually, and I make the deodorant for Ryan and I both now. So one scent we like um, is peppermint. That's like our winter scent. Mm -hmm. And then in the spring and summer, we like to use citrusy scents like lemon and orange. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he likes this, but I'm imagining that he likes it as much as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Does the peppermint ever burn like if you just shaved your armpits? No, good question though. um, Because you got to be careful which essential oils you use because some do burn. Um, And I worried about the peppermint, but that doesn't. You know what is more irritating? I think is the um, cornstarch. Mm-hmm. Um, I you, think it's the cornstarch. They say you can reduce the amount of that if you start to get irritated from it because that can be. I never put it on it's the first like day that I shave or something. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Did you say you had baking some powder? Baking soda. Baking soda. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've tried some natural deodorants that have um, like coconut oil, the, the similar ingredients and they end up like my skin gets too sensitive for them. Mm-hmm. I use one now that's kind of a, it's an all natural. Um, it's like a soft one. I don't know. I can't, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's not, it's not like that. And I always want to use those kinds, but I, I've never tried your recipe mm-hmm. and I'm going to try it because I'm all about making your own stuff and like adding in different essential oils. How fun that you can like get exactly the scent that you want mm-hmm. with essential oils. Cause like fragrance, anything that has fragrance added into anything you buy is really bad for your body and for the environment. So everything washes down the streams where animals drink water out of and fish swim in and live in. And it's just putting tons of chemicals um, in that water. So 
essential oils are natural. They're derived from natural products and they're less harmful for you and for the environment and the animals that live in it. So also scented products, like especially scented deodorant just smell gross to me. And I noticed this more and more after I started using my own deodorant and then Ryan was still using a store-bought deodorant and I could smell it. And sometimes it would smell floral or sometimes, it, you know, depending on what type he was wearing. And sometimes it would smell spicy like deodorant and it just, or like a cologne. Mm. And it just really started to annoy me, you mm-hmm. know? And I feel like... um Oh, now I'm kind of off on a tangent, but I've noticed since living in um, Sonoma County, people seem to wear less fragrances and probably because we're tasting wine and probably because more people are in tune with, you know, naturalism and and things like that. So I feel like it stands out a lot if someone's wearing a heavy fragrance and Mm -hmm. it really started to bother me. And I just don't like the smell of commercial deodorants. One of the doctors in our office actually wears like, it's either really really strong smelling cologne or deodorant. I'm not sure. I think there's one or two doctors. It doesn't like bother me as much, but one of the other nurses that worked there is always like, oh, I can't. she will know when he walked in the office and walked away and then she walked in. She's like, oh, doctor so-and-so was in here because <laughs> she's really sensitive to it. But it is pretty strong. And in healthcare, we usually say like, don't wear any fragrance because some people are really sensitive to it. So I should like give them a bottle of your, your thing. Be like, try this. Get rid of your signature <laughs> scent, dude. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's right next to your armpits, which is right next to your breast tissue. And for men and women, it encourages like um, abnormal cell replication. There's a lot of, you don't want to put toxins right near your lymph nodes. There's lymph nodes and breast tissue right there where you're applying toxic chemicals every day to your skin. So naturalize that shit. Mm-hmm. Yay. And it works better for me, you know. Once you detox, I think there's like a couple week period of where like you're stinky because your body's used to really harsh products and then it gets used <laughs> to it. So stick it out, folks. <laughs> it's like going a while without washing your hair. You'll get over it. Yeah. Your hair will re- regulate. Exactly. Um, other things that I like to use coconut oil for are fungal things like athlete's foot. So I do get athlete's foot every once in a while because I go to the gym a lot and because um, I think my feet are wet a lot in the summer because they're in the river all the time. And so um, I like to put uh, a little coconut oil because it's a natural antifungal. And another way that I use it as an antifungal, and this is something else that you made me think of, is... um, for my vagina. So it's... <laughs> I was going to bring that up for my coconut oil thing too. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it can treat yeast infections and I was always really scared about putting coconut oil in my vagina or anything other than like things that you are, you know, would normally put in your vagina. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but then when I started to think about it, well, you told me that you use it for some things on mm-hmm. your vagina and I was yeah. like, okay, and she's all right. You know, she's not complaining of like burning or, you know, irritation. Yeah. And, um, and I started to think about the things we do put in our vaginas, like, you know, harsh antifungal creams and, um, tampons, tampons. that are loaded with chemicals and bleach. Yeah. So what's a little coconut oil going to hurt? So, um, I found this remedy online where you can, um, you know, put some coconut oil on a tampon and I just get like the OB tampons that don't Mm -hmm. have an applicator. Um, And I like to melt the coconut oil and then let it saturate. Mm -hmm. And you can add a little tea tree oil, but you really have to be careful how much tea tree oil you use because that can burn you. Yes, tea tree oil is very potent for Mm -hmm. any place you put it on your body. You have to like you know, do it smart, research what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I like to, if I really, um, 
want to supercharge what I'm doing. Um, I like to put a little bit of tea tree oil in some, you know, melted coconut oil, soak it all up in a tampon, insert the tampon, leave it for the evening, mm-hmm. boom, yeast infection gone. That's awesome. I've never tried the uh, tea tree oil. I do tea tree oil for other things, but and I do use coconut oil for lots of stuff. Are you done with coconut oil? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had mine kind of categorized differently, but I'm going to go with how you're doing it. So I use coconut oil for like um, like minor like wounds. Like if I have a scab or a, something like that's just not healing great, I like putting coconut oil because it's kind of a natural antibacterial. So mm. you do that for dry skin, chapstick. Um, I put it on my hair, not from my roots, but kind of down at the bottom, just the tiniest bit. And it keeps it um, more clumped together, I guess, so it's not so fuzzy. Oh, yeah. also, it's like putting frizzies, except right. it's not chemicals it's and like natural, totally. $10 a bottle. But you have to be careful if you put the tight, like I can't, I'm a pea size or less for my whole, all of my hair. If you put any more, it just looks like your hair is greasy the whole for <laughs> three days. I also put coconut oil in my vagina for like yeast infections if I feel like I'm starting to get itchy, which being diabetic, I can get more often or... Um, I also, oh, lube for sex. It's great if you want to use lube for sex. I have a lot of friends I got onto that and it's great. It smells good. It tastes good. It's super glidey. It's all natural. It soaks in well. It moisturizes you. Ah, that's such a good idea. It's real. Keep a bottle for your body and for your, or just, you know. Hey, Ryan. Don't double dip your hands. I'm coming home soon. (laughs) Get the coconut oil out. And it like, it's nice because it's kind (laughs) of cool at the touch and then it melts with your body heat. So Coconut oil is great. Don't eat it, folks, it, unless it's in really small portions. Why not? There's the chain of types of fatty acid that it is. And it, it does have some negative effects, like with your triglycerides. It really hikes them up. Mm. Um, and some other things that, you know, you just want to be careful and eat just in small portions. People get really into coconut oil and then start eating large amounts, and it's not the best thing for your arteries. So... There's going to be a lot of controversy with that probably, but... I'm glad you said that. I used to put some in my coffee all the time mm. to like try to have a good bowel movement, Yeah, um, which is helpful. It works in that way, but yeah. maybe I should have like ease off of it. All right. Well, there's other... And there's <laughs> other things. And in small amounts, it's fine. I also know of some friends that do uh, oil pulling with coconut oil. Have you ever heard of that? Oil no. pulling. So it's supposed to help with your... I, I don't really do this. I've tried it a couple of times, um, but you put like a teaspoon or a tablespoon of coconut oil in your mouth. You don't swallow it, but you let it, you melt it and um, you kind of swoosh it back and forth and it's like a floss and it, people say it helps with your gums and your teeth and everything (laughs) kind of pulling out the bad bacteria and you spit it out and rinse your mouth out. I've tried it a couple of times. Like I said, it's weird. It gets kind of foamy, tastes really coconut oily and I don't, haven't done enough research on it to know if it's there's again it's a lot of controversy most home remedies everyone take with a grain of salt because it's home remedies okay we're not medical professionals saying you should do any of this it's just some of the stuff we enjoy doing because we but, hate going to the doctor <laughs> yeah <laughs> really though <laughs> we do <laughs> anyway so coconut awesome you can you can melt a lot of essential oils with it and use essential oils you should always like dilute them first if they don't come diluted mm-hmm. um yeah. And what do you have on your list? I have mine like categorized by condition. Okay. Yeah. So, go for it. Uh, coconut oils and some of these things, but I have headaches. 
Mm-hmm. I suffer from constant headaches, or actually used to, and they weren't migraines. I just get stress headaches a lot or anxiety headaches. I'm not sure. So I used to use or can sometimes still use peppermint oil either to smell it or rub it on. Um, uh, rub it on your head? Yeah, like on my temples mm-hmm. or my jaw. I, get, I used to clench my jaw a lot in my sleep without noticing and I'd wake up with headaches, headaches all the time, almost daily for years. And I would use, I'd have someone squeeze my head. So put their hand on my forehead and then on the back of my head and then squeeze as hard as they could. Like they were trying to pop it. It didn't pop, obviously, but it kind of (laughs) creates space in your head, just the tiniest bit of space and it relieves your headache only while they're doing it though. Or have you tried the like squeezing the muscle between your pointer finger and your thumb? Mm. Yeah, you squeeze that really hard and it helps with your headaches. But again, just oh. while you're doing it. Yeah, I think I heard that when I was a kid. Yeah. Is it just because it's distracting? I think it's like an acupressure point. Oh, okay. So also acupressure, acupuncture. I have an acupressure mat. It has a ton of little spikes it's that gray thing over there. It has a ton of little spikes and there's an acupressure pillow and you lie on it. You have to like work up to lying on a hard surface on the floor with it. But um, that kind of stuff can help with headaches. The things that ended up really helping was a heating pad wrapped around my head. I think because it dilated all the vessels in my head, mm-hmm. which um, if your vessels are constricted, kind of make you have a headache or contribute and it dilated all of them and it really helped like directly wrapping the whole heating pad around my head and my face. That really helped. The reason I don't get them anymore is I ended up, it was so bad. I ended up getting Botox injected into my jaw muscles. And I think I did that like two months ago and I've only had a couple headaches since. So going from daily headaches to just a couple but they were so bad to where the home remedies, I would have to be doing them 24 seven. So know? the home remedies kind of, you know, made do until you figured out a better solution. Cause right. you, yeah, you can't realistically have someone squeezing your head 24 seven. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Harder. And, yeah. He would do it though. He could say, but the, the hopes is that the Botox eventually I'll get out of the habit of clenching my jaw, which really contributed to my headaches and not need to do Botox. I haven't done a second set, but I, I really don't get them much anymore. So, yay. Um, heating pad. Uh, I love heating pads. It's funny because when I was a kid, my mom used to have a heating pad and like a, a hot bag, like a water bag, you know? And um, now I feel, find myself doing the same things. Um, I mostly use it for arthritis. I have really, um, you know... I don't know if it's really bad arthritis. I have painful ankles, especially the right one. And so I like to come home and just wrap the heating pad around my ankle or around my legs. Or sometimes my bones just get achy when it's cold and putting the heating pad on makes me feel so much better and happier. So warm. Also for cramps, heating pads are really helpful. Mm-hmm. So nice. You actually got me into that at work. You would always have a heating pad. Mm-hmm. And I think just to warm up. Yeah, right? because had, it's cold in the office. I know, it's freezing. <laughs> and that makes my bones hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so does, do your bones ache when it's like cold and like mm-hmm. you're, it's going to rain or something? Yeah, like today, <laughs> I could not wait to open this wine because I was just freezing. It's been mm-hmm. rainy and cold all day and it makes me feel uh, pain and, you know, grumpiness. Heating pads right there if you get a wine. No, that's okay. I've got internal heat from the wine. There you go. How do you <laughs> like it now? Is it any different now that we've opened it? It's... um. I, th- I think I like it. It's just totally different from other things I've tasted. It tastes mm-hmm. kind of like candy. 
Yeah, I really like it. I'm, I I do. I would actually like more if you want to pour me some. Sure, I'd love to. All right, so what's your next um, uh, home remedy? Okay, so I, Thank you. I want to talk about witch hazel. So I used to use old tea bags. That's like something that um, I read in a book when I was younger that you can use tea bags to, if you have mosquito bites or other, you know, skin irritations and it um, has tannins and that kind of acts as an anti-inflammatory. Not so effective, I guess, probably depending on what type of tea bag you have. Um, I always use Lipton's because that's what we had at the house. Mm-hmm. Not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've discovered the miracles of witch hazel, which is great for like so many things. So I use it um, as a disinfectant. So again, for athlete's foot, like before I put the coconut oil, I'll Mm -hmm. clean it with some witch hazel because that's a good disinfectant. Wounds, if I get, you know, a cut or, um, because not only for wounds, it doesn't only clean them, it also acts as an anti-inflammatory. So it makes them less painful. For example, last week I was weed whacking and the weed whacker kicked up a little rock and it hit me right in the face. And I was like, oh my God, I need to put sunglasses on so that this doesn't happen to my eye. And then I went and put, witch hazel on the wound and then an ice pack um anyway the witch hazel made it feel so much better i didn't know it had anti it was anti-inflammatory that's really Mm -hmm. witch hazel is amazing that's what i mostly use it for so i my skin is so sensitive to everything and anytime i shave um you know i get little razor bumps and you know whatever you call it, rash or whatever. Razor burn. Razor burn. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, So anytime I shave, I use it under my armpits or, um, you know, on my bikini line that usually gets really irritated. And even on my upper thighs, my skin's really sensitive. So I'll like wipe that area with witch hazel. And then I'll even do it for the following day or two after I've shaved. And it really reduces the amount of bumps and razor burn that I get. Um, same with like pimples, it'll reduce the amount of redness. Um, a lot of people use it for toner. I used to do that and I, I need to get some witch hazel. So I can't believe I don't have some, but I used it for toner for a long time and I felt like it really helped with like pimples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Sometimes if I've, um, washed my face and then, um, I haven't put any makeup on, but it's nighttime and I feel like I should wash my face again. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overwash your face because that's not good for it. So sometimes I'll just use witch hazel to kind of clean everything up. Or, um, you know, there's some days I just don't feel like wearing deodorant, even my own homemade stuff, because I'm going to go rafting, for example, and whatever, who cares? I like Mm -hmm. to smell a little natural and it gives me more river cred. So um, I'll just clean my (laughs) armpits with witch hazel in the morning. (laughs) We got to be legit. Come on. You just take people on trips and not smell a little. I mean, they're going to be like, I don't really know if you're like, are you like a city girl that just tries to be a guide? Nobody wants their raft guide to smell like roses. Right? I wouldn't really trust you. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Man, witch hazel. Oh, I really wanted them. I feel like there's so many uses for witch hazel. I need to look it up again because it's kind of like vinegar. You can use it to clean your windows and you can use it to, you know, if you're going to get sick, mix apple cider vinegar with some ginger and lemon and take a shot of that and honey. And it's really good for your, it boosts your immune system. So um, helps the sore throat. I mean, there's so many uses. Mm-hmm. I've never ingested witch hazel, but I, I do know that you can. I just haven't no, no. gone there yet. Oh, I no, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Um, But it just uh, smells like it wouldn't taste very good. So I've Mm. never tried that before. Yeah. It reminds me of like 
nail polish remover, like toner, yeah. something like that. Like, I don't want to drink that. It smells basic, like yeah. uh, like it's a base, like you know? Like it's a like, basic bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next, uh, oh, nausea and upset stomach. Okay, tell. Okay, do you have anything for this that mm, you do? Yeah, but it's, you go. Okay, so- I, my anxiety is like directly correlated with if I get an upset stomach. So if I get anxious, I get nauseous. Or if I get a tiny bit nauseous, I get anxious, then it just snowballs and it's terrible. So I deal with that a lot. And my kind of natural ways to deal with it are, um, teas are really good. So, oh, I forgot to say, okay, well, anyway, I'll say this in a second. So teas, um, ginger tea, peppermint tea, also, I use a product called Typhoo. So do you know, what's that, Vicks Vapor Rub? Yeah. But that's not great for you. It has like most of the products in that are not really good for your body, but it has- Sorry, a- mom. That was her go-to for everything. I she know. She used Vicks Vapor Rub like a boss when she was- when I was growing up. Yeah, like helped with everything. It's like in my big fat Greek wedding and he uses Windex for like pimples and like everything because it's just the fix-all. But um, something called Typhoo, which actually Carter's mom introduced me to, it's like a natural product. Um, actually turned some friends onto it. And it's very, I don't know if it's peppermint or spearmint or something. It's really minty, kind of like Fix is. And <clears throat> it's more natural I think it's Asian, comes an Asian product. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I rub it on my chest or with headaches, I put it on my temple. I rub it under my nose uh, for nausea also, like smelling peppermint really helps. Smell hmm. peppermint, drink peppermint, ginger. And then if it's very terrible, I use Zofran because sometimes- Sometimes really, over the counter, sometimes, home remedies. Yeah, don't kick it. <laughs> this is why we have Western medicine. Yeah, sometimes you just, it just- gets called for, but, um, Typhoo is really cool. I re- I'll, I'll show you my tube of it. It's, it's a good product. If you ever use, do you use Vicks ever? No, I don't, but okay. it'd be good for me to see yeah. what it is so I can tell my mom. Yeah. If you're <laughs> congested, it really opens up all of your sinuses. It's really nice. Oh, nerve pain. My friend has cancer and melanoma and she's going through uh, immunotherapy mm-hmm. and so she had some nerve pain and damage in one of her arms and one day she had really strong nerve pain and I was like I don't know maybe try some typhoon because I feel like the tingling might distract it totally helped and she bought a tube the next day wow really really helped that's cool yeah um this is a little side note but my mom was telling me one time when she was younger um like when she was a kid her mom gave her a spoonful of Vicks and she had kind of melted it and she had my mom just holding it under her nose to breathe in the vapors Mm -hmm. and so my mom was standing there over the kitchen sink holding the spoon you know moving it under her nose and then just totally forgot what she was doing and ate it (gasps) Oh my gosh. Well, she obviously lived. She lived. What? But gross. Can you imagine eating a spoonful of Vicks? <laughs> she must have like spit it out or something and realized what she did. Oh, like so liquid nasty. Vicks. <laughs> gross. Oh man. Okay. Um, did you have more on that? No, I'm done. Um, so the one thing that I wanted to say, I got this idea from another um, radio show. Actually, it's called Health Matters with Ned Hoke, and it's a local radio show that Takeshi also produces. Um, so turmeric with bioparine, that's black pepper. It's like the you know scientific name for it. Right. 
All right. So sometimes I hear about home remedies and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you say that'll work, but I don't believe it. Like the tea bags, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm not going to waste my time or money. But I had, um, you know, such frequent pain in my ankles and I was using ibuprofen all the time. And I thought, let me just give this turmeric with bioparine a try. And the reason you need the bioparine or black pepper with it is because it helps it be absorbed and utilized better by your body, kind of like vitamin D is with calcium. Right. Um, anyway, I take a supplement twice a day and I haven't used ibuprofen like I'm going to say maybe three or four times since I got the bottle. And that was, I don't know, six months or so ago. Wow. And I used to use it, you know, almost every day or every other day at least. Um, And it doesn't have the damaging effects on your kidneys that ibuprofen or NSAIDs can have Mm -hmm. or putting you at increased risk for a GI bleed. It's just a spice that you put on your food anyway. And so is black pepper, you know, so, and it really works. That's great. I, it's amazeballs. I want to tell more people with like arthritis to try that. I used to take a supplement that I read some controversial uh, research information about. It might be better to just eat it in its, you know, uh, root form rather than taking a supplement. But I think if you have certain conditions like that where you would be taking like an NSAID that could also have other side effects like GI, you know, ruining the lining, then turmeric is better because it's an anti-inflammatory and it's more natural than other forms. So mm-hmm. pick your poison, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's really great. It really helped you. That's good. It really does. It's uh, like crazy that it's so effective. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, I have such bad pain that, you know, I need something more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but for general everyday use, it just seems to dull down the amount of inflammation that right. I have. That's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Um, my next one is insomnia. I struggle with this. Oh, do tell. <laughs> Constantly. My entire so kind of have been an insomniac since I got type 1 diabetes 11 years ago. I don't sleep very much or very well when I do sleep. If I get like seven hours, that's really good. And it's usually broken up into two or three hour segments. Anyway, uh, something that has really helped me is GABA. Have you heard of GABA? I have, but I didn't know it was something you could just get. Yeah. So Pharma GABA is um, a naturally produced form of the brain compound GABA amino butyric acid. Um, and clinical studies have shown that it helps increase the production of alpha brain waves, which help you know, create a profound sense of relaxation. So to, for me, it helps with anxiety and insomnia. Mostly I've noticed it. I don't know if anything really helps with my anxiety, but really, really helps with sleep. If I take, I take, um, two 400 milligram tablet or no, maybe there are a thousand milligrams. Anyway, I take two tablets before I, while I'm in bed and I chew them and it, I notice the nights I don't take them. Like I ran out of the bottle once and I think I let it go for like two weeks. I had terrible sleep for that two week period. So it really seems to just, it feels like a blanket, like a wash of calm over my body. Really like it. Um, there's Where do a dip- you get that? I just buy it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Get it like any, like Oliver's, Whole Foods, they all have, they'll all have it. Also, there's a difference between GABA and PharmaGABA. So PharmaGABA is like the more uh, natural source and then GABA is like the second. So there's the, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it, but- 
The it's mo- like Pharma Gabba is like, we just got this out of the earth. Right. And then Gabba is like, we got it out of the earth and then we, you know, cleaned Processed it up a it little, a little bit. bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so Pharma Gabba is what you want to go for as far as the research I've done. Do your own research. Um, anyway, it's the primary primary inhibitory neurotransmitter known to counterbalance the action of the excitatory neurotransmitter neurotransmitter glutamate, which I guess is like the one that gets you all hyped up. So um, either with anxiety or sleep troubles or whatever. So it kind of just calms everything by stopping the other one from binding to your we're getting pretty scientific here, but mm-hmm. binding to the I'm like, I'm not even sure I'm following, but I believe okay. you. Anyway. It works. Yeah. So a little complicated, <laughs> but it's, I really like the supplement. I think it's, it helps me at least. Um, I have something that sounds really obvious. This is not even a home remedy. This is just what you should do if you burn yourself at home on mm. the stove or whatever. And I just did this this morning. And some people in our household, I'm not going to name names, but there is only <laughs> one other person in my household, don't always do this. So I think it's worth stating. If you burn yourself, you should immediately put your skin, whatever got burned, under cold running water because whatever got heated, let's say it was the outside of your hand, also, the underside of that tissue got heated and it just is going to keep moving down and burning deeper and deeper into your tissue until you stop that heat. You need to like cut it off, right. cut off the heat from moving. So put whatever that was under cold running water um, for as long as you can take it. This morning, this happened to me. I put something under the broiler and then I took it out with the of glove and then I took the of glove off and then I went to pick up the pan and it was still real, real hot and mm. it burned me. But I put my hand under the water and look, nothing's there. It's yeah, like nothing. minimally irritated. Um, yeah, it's sounds like, really obvious, but. Is that called blanching when you do that to vegetables? Like you, yes. you steam and you put immediately in cold water to stop the process. Yes. Same thing. Stop the process of damage that's happening to your skin. Don't try to be like, I'm a tough person. I'm just going to tough it out. Carter, just. <laughs> what? Is this just like a man thing? Why don't they just put their hand under water? No, he legit doesn't even realize it happens. I'm like, why is your handle burnt on the top? Because he mm-hmm. does the fire, makes a fire most nights. Oh, I didn't even realize. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, but something you don't want to do is put any sort of ointment on it ever. Yeah. Like at least initially, because that traps in the heat and it'll burn you further. So don't put a Vaseline type substance on any type of burn. Yeah, wait till it's completely cool and healing. And then you maybe you have an open wound that needs some antibiotic ointment right. or something. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. just going to run through a couple because we're getting close to our time. And, yeah, I only um, have a couple left too. So um, ibuprofen for burns. If you think you've gotten a sunburn, this isn't like a home remedy. It's something you get at the grocery store. Um, but uh, actually you could try turmeric. I'm going to try it this summer. If <gasps> I think I'm going to get a sunburn, I'm going to take a bunch of turmeric and see if that reduces the amount of inflammation because sunburn is inflammation. And if you dull that down, you dull down the burn and the damage. I know I will get a sunburn because I burn like a something that burns easily. And I'm going to use turmeric and see if that helps. <laughs> and then my all-time favorite, pickle juice for constipation. Oh, and it's just delicious. And hangovers, right? Don't use it for hangovers. Yes, and hangovers. Okay, if you're drinking a lot, um, which I never, ever do, but just in (laughs) case this ever happens to you people, if you're drinking a lot and you think you might have a hangover the next day, drink some pickle juice. One, it's going to keep you from being so dehydrated because water follows salt. So if you have more salt in your body, you're going to retain more water. And two, it tastes really good. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, imagine all the people hate pickle juice. Nobody. Nobody hates pickle juice. <laughs> uh, hey, Jen. I wonder if it's bread and butter pickle juice. Does it matter the type no, of pickle? No, not bread and butter. It I has haven't to be like, researched the salt content on that. Okay. Well, it's probably high it's because be it's dill. pickled, right? Okay, dill, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so for yeast infections, we said coconut oil, blah, blah, Oh, oh, yeah. Co- okay, so for acne, something I also do, so I put tea tree oil on my acne spots, hmm. like like just from the bottle. Like I put a little dab on my acne um, and- You just singe it? Yeah, it really works. And then mint toothpaste. I've done this since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried toothpaste? I have, but it didn't really work for me. No. Oh, mm-hmm. it dries them out for me so much. Hmm. I don't know why it just works. I always heard that, but yeah, I didn't. I never got it to work for me. Yeah. And that's about it. Oh, yeah. That's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> Home remedies. We could probably go on forever though, because you always try. You know, you're always trying something else. You, you know, whatever. If we ever come up with anything new, we'll let you know first thing. Or you let us know. Oh yeah. Let us know your home remedies. That would be fun. Write uh, in. Oh. No, you go. Write in. I was just going to say, write into us with your home remedies at wwnurses at gmail dot com, or find us at Facebook or uh, Instagram at whining w nurses. Thanks, guys, for catching this episode of our Home Remedies. Cheers. Cheers.